Hi everyone, and welcome to Making It Count with Christina and Will, where we explore real ways to make your hard-earned money count today and every day. No matter your financial goals, we want to offer practical tips and insider tricks to help you accomplish them. Along the way, we'll learn from our local financial experts, answer listener-submitted questions, and share our own money experiences. So together, let's make make it it count. count. everybody and welcome to Making It Count. Today's episode is the second in our Money Plus Kids series and we're going to be talking about how to teach kids under 13 financial basics. Well, there's actually been studies about the importance of teaching kids how to manage their money. There's actually one study from the University of Cambridge that says that kids' money habits are already formed by the time they're seven years old. I find that hard to believe. Really? Yeah, I just, that seems like crazy, right? I don't know, because my son is seven and he watches what we do with our money. He knows that he needs to save money to do different things. So I don't think that's so far-fetched. True. Well, I guess it goes to show how important the topic of today's episode is. Yes. So, Will, when do you remember your parents teaching you about money? The first time, like, I remember having a concept of money and, like, finding it very important to me was when I would get, I never got, like, an allowance, but I got a dollar if I took out all the garbage in the house. So, like, every garbage can, because for some reason growing up, we had, like, little garbage cans in every room. Mm -hmm. And so I would take out all the garbage and then I had to take it to the big garbage can and then I had to take that out to the street. And if I did all of that, I got a dollar. A dollar, okay. So I was very eager to always be doing that so I could always get another dollar. Mm, So what did you do with said dollars? Buy Lego sets. Legos? Legos. Interesting. I never thought of you as the Lego kind of guy. I have so many Legos at my parents' house, yeah. Do you still like Legos? I do. I mean, I don't play with them or do anything with them, but like I'll still see like sets or something. Like I'll go to Disney or something, go to the Lego store and still see those like giant sets. And then Mm -hmm. I also get freaked out by how expensive they are. Yes, they're so expensive. Yeah. That you'd have to you'd have to dump out a lot of garbage now to get a good Lego yeah. set. <laughs> I remember, I guess my earliest memory is my mom taking my brother and I to the local bank and opening up our accounts and I still have my I mean, people don't really do this anymore. I mean, I don't the little booklet so it- you could Oh, okay. Your, your withdrawal and where you had to, I, I don't Balance even know. Balance your checkbook. Yes. Like I, I, I still have it. And it says, oh, $20 from my birthday. And I'd go and deposit it and I'd get my lollipop. And like, so that's my earliest recollection. I thought you were going to say those like little coin books because my first savings account, they gave me this coin book. And if you filled it up with quarters, I think it was like $10 worth of quarters. And then you took it in and then they would give you a special prize. So I did that quite a bit because I wanted every prize. I didn't. I don't remember doing that. The register. I think it was called a register. I don't have a very good memory. I'm finding out. (laughs) I see who doesn't use one currently. (laughs) I don't. I don't. Not that I do. (laughs) All right. Well, we have two terrific guests today. Let's introduce them and dive in. First up is Karina Rodriguez, who is the Youth Ambassador for Addition Financial. Karina, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, you guys. Well, as Will mentioned, my name is Karina Rodriguez, and I am the Youth Ambassador for Addition Financial. I've been with the credit union for close to four years now, and I'm super happy and excited to be here today. So thanks so much for having me, Will and Christina. Thank you, Karina, so much for joining us. And then our second special guest is actually a returning guest from this season for the second time, 
Clint Proctor, the AKA Wallet Wise Guy. Clint, please introduce yourself. Hey guys, it's good to be back. Yeah, my name is Clint Proctor and I run a site and a podcast called The Wallet Wise Guy. It's an opportunity for me to just kind of share with, especially with young people, how to save, how to invest, how to prepare for college. So now I have my own kids uh, that are five years old and three. And I know this is going to be very important because I want to raise them right when it comes to their finances. But I'm excited about this conversation. So Clint, what do you remember learning about financial basics when you were young? My family was, my, my dad especially, but well, both my parents were very frugal. And my dad especially was very much one of those people who was just he was very disciplined. I, I grew up in very unusual, I guess, background in that regards. A lot of times, I think when people go into like my field of like t- teaching about personal finance, it's either because you saw it done wrong your whole life and you kind of want to do the opposite and teach others how to not do what you saw growing up, or you had a really, really good example. And that I was lucky enough to be into that latter category. And so I can actually remember every month my dad would get out this plastic box he pulled it out of the closet and he had all the receipts from the entire month inside this box. And he would pull one at a time of them out and go over the budget, which was a paper budget on the on the table, the dining room table in the middle of the house. It would take him like three hours to balance the budget. And he did this every single month. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never do that in a million years. I'm like, I got to do stuff online, right? <laughs> I'm like, dad, I said, I don't know how you do that. But he taught me the importance of... Uh, tracking what you're spending and how much further your money can go when you're paying attention. And that's something that has benefited me you know, all the way to today. I'm so thankful for that. My dad had a very similar box, except it was a shoe box. And then he would like tell my mom to bring her purse over and she would empty out like this giant stash of receipts from her purse that she just had been like hoarding. <laughs> and then like when he found something that was missing, he'd be like, you got to check your purse again. It's somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. My dad did too. Yep, absolutely. He still does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, same. My dad will also like add in fake line items into his register to trick himself into thinking he has less money than he does. Man. It's his way of like hiding like money me. from I, himself. I used to do that when I'd play Monopoly. I'd put some uh, some money underneath the couch. Then I'd act like I forgot it until I really needed it. And then I'd pull it back out. Man, <laughs> don't play Monopoly with coins. Never splay your money out playing Monopoly. Always keep it in a little stash in your hand. Like, don't let people see how much money you've got. And that's Will's Monopoly Minute that right is there. My, that is mine and Clint's tip to everyone on Monopoly. Totally. The game we hate. <laughs> Karina, what about you? What what do you remember about growing up? Well, I am from a family or my siblings, it's four of us. So we had to learn very quickly the value of a dollar. Definitely our parents were so hardworking and they did everything they could for us. But I was extremely young and I remember just knowing the value of the dollar and how to save my money. And my parents really drilled in us wants versus needs. Like it was an, a very important thing because we were four kids and we all wanted, you know, whatever it is that we were into at the time, we wanted it. So we had to learn the value of the dollar, how hard you have to work for the dollar. And yeah, just prioritizing and knowing a difference in between, you know, a want and a need. That is something that actually my kids are learning at school right now. It's like, ooh, I like that. So we, Karina, I'm on that train too, trying to. Teach them like, do you want that thing of uh, fun dip or do you need that thing of fun dip? I don't think I've learned the difference between want or need. It's a very fine, a little very gray area in Will's house. This episode might be very beneficial for me. (laughs) 
All right. So let's start off with the questions. Karina, I'm going to send the first one over to you. What do you think the right age to start teaching kids about money and financial basics is? Yeah, well, I think the sooner the better, the earlier in life that, you know, these kids can learn about money and financial basics. It's awesome. It's better creating those like healthy habits and showing them what healthy habits look like in a real world practical setting as a parent. I'm not a parent, but when I am, I can't wait to do this. I think it's super crucial. And even if you don't think it's sticking with them, they're taking it. They're watching the way you spend your money. They're watching the way you handle your finances. And I think in the long term, it will stick with them and they can create those healthy habits as they go into their own journey of adulting or turning, you know, 16, 18 and making those bigger purchases. I think it's super important for them to see, you know, their parents as role models in that sense and just kind of carry out the same habits that they saw growing up. So, Clint, I'm going to throw this at you. We know that credit card debt is a problem for a lot of people, and it can also be something that kind of just goes back and forth throughout your life. But how should parents handle using that plastic card in front of their kids? Yeah, you know, that's something I've thought about a lot recently, especially with my son. He's five, going to be turning six at the end of the month. And so he's just getting now old enough to start understanding a little bit more complicated concepts about money. You know, when they're super young, they can't even really count. Saying something's more expensive isn't going to mean anything to them. But now that he understands numbers, I've been thinking to myself, he thinks that I just can spend whatever I want on this card. So what I've begun doing is, is very rarely I'll have to go to the bank to get cash if I'm going to be I meet a buddy for uh, for breakfast once a month, and it's a restaurant that only takes cash. And so I have to go have to go there and get cash, or I'll have to deposit a check once in a while, very rarely. But I'll try to bring him with me when I do that. And then I'll be like, hey, daddy got a check, or daddy's got to get some money out of the bank. And then I got to put money in the bank or take money out of the bank. And then I'll tell him, I say, now listen, when I put money in the bank, I can use that money using this card. But if there's not money in the bank, I can't use this card. And so obviously in his simple mind, he thinks the money is in the physical location. He doesn't understand. It's like a virtual account, but that's okay to me for right now that he thinks of it that way. He thinks that it's in the bank and I put that money there. It's, it's a real tangible asset and then it can be spent with the card. And so I tell him, Hey buddy, you know, this card doesn't, it doesn't go on forever. I can't just spend an unlimited amount of money. And he seems to get it. I don't know if I'm doing it perfectly, but it's the best that I know to do for right now. I wonder how kids are going to start like reacting to like, because I use my Apple Watch to pay a lot or like even my iPhone, like just tap to pay. So that's true. Well, I had, I mean, Mm. with Clint, my seven year old, he just thought like, well, I'm like, well, I don't have any money. And he's like, yeah, you got that card in your wallet. Like, what do you mean you don't have any money? Like, you always use right. that card. So, I've seen Clint, out I here like- telling people she ain't got money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know, I know you're the one that stashes money all over the place. <laughs> well, if, but, kid, if her kids are listening, don't believe her. Don't <laughs> tell her secrets. But what, now I'm all confused. <laughs> but Clint, I like that idea of of attaching like the use because I'll I'll use my tap to pay or my phone, my Apple phone, like that the phone to pay. I like having those. That's a great idea to have those conversations. Like, okay, this is connected to my account. Like, money is coming right. out. I think that's a really good idea because they're not. I never use cash. Like ever. I use Venmo. Neither I use my I. credit card. Like I they don't see me ever using cash. So I think that's a great right. idea. Yeah, no, I don't I don't use cash at all. Yeah. So 
Speaking of cash and the lack of us having cash, when is it a good idea, Karina, that parents should start talking about giving their kids an allowance? That's a good question. Well, in my experience, as I mentioned previously, growing up with three siblings in a very Spanish household, I did chores and things around the house to help my parents and never expected anything in return. But once they introduced allowances to my siblings and I, you better believe we put a little pep in our step, right, (laughs) to help around. I think it's amazing because, you know, not only is the parent being helped, but the kids are also being disciplined and starting to see you know, the value of money and what it is to work for it. And obviously, the older that I got, the more my responsibilities grew. And in turn, so did my allowance. And I I think it's a win-win to have allowances and um, to teach your kids what it is to have an allowance. And I think like five or six would be a good age where they can kind of understand the concept of, hey, if I do this one thing, I'm going to get, you know, X amount in return. Clint, have you and your wife had that conversation yet about how you're going to handle allowances? Or if you're even, that's kind of a hot topic too in the parenting world. Give allowance. No, you're lucky you live under my roof. Like, right. Correct. Yeah. There, there, there's all these different opinions. Some people say you shouldn't give an allowance or you shouldn't tie an allowance to like regular daily chores because that should just be expected of them. I wish I could tell you that I had this super strict laid out way of thinking about it. But at this point, we're not there. So I'm very inconsistent. Uh, sometimes I'll just be like, go clean your room. And other times I'm like, I'll pay you a dollar if you will. (laughs) I need to get better about that. But I think he knows if we tell him to do something, he can't just come back to us and be like, well, you have, you know, are you going to pay me? But every once in a while, I'll try to find things that are above and beyond. Like, hey, if you also clean up this or help me with this task, you can earn some extra money. And that's kind of the way we're doing it right now. But I have thought about the idea. You know, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I was like, hey, listen, we're probably going to end up because we love our kids getting them something at like the dollar store or picking them up something in the store while we're shopping throughout the month, at least once or twice. If that money is going to be spent anyway, why don't we start giving him more regular allowances and being like, hey, as long as these chores get done, you're going to get this much money because that money is going to get spent either way. And then... You know, if we have an issue with him getting the work done, then we'll have to have a discussion with him about it at that point. But he does get super motivated whenever money is introduced into the situation. And he <laughs> and he's much better about the spending than the saving. I'll tell you that right now. It burns a hole in his pocket. So we're going to have to talk about that later. Well, we know what Will will do for a dollar. He'll at least take out the trash <laughs> for a dollar. Not anymore. <laughs> so it, I know what I'm worth. <laughs> so at our house, probably uh, a year or two ago, I got these bins and each of my kids... 10 and 7, almost 8, they have three bins. They have a savings bin, they have a spending bin, and they have a charity bin. And every week, they get $3, but I don't ever have cash, so we use poker chips. Because <laughs> I never have cash. And every week, they get $3, and they have to put one in each bin. So then we talk about, like, well, what are you saving for? And then what are you going to spend it on? Which is usually at Disney. They buy a lot of wishables at Disney or collecting pins. <laughs> and then the charity, they have to decide what charity they want to give at the end of the year. So that's how we do it. But I am, te- like, Clint, I am terribly inconsistent. Like, the other, I haven't done it in, like, months. And because, like, you owe us, like, $20. And I'm like, oh, I do. <laughs> if I were them, I'd be like, let's me. play the real world and tax some interest onto that. <laughs> let's talk about how that affects you, Christina. <laughs> there you go. There's actually, there's actually people who recommend adding a fourth jar for taxes. And I'm like, ah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. But there are people Whoa. who do that. 
<laughs> I don't <laughs> even know where to go with that. Yep. It's a thing. Oh, man. <laughs> well, Clint, you mentioned a second ago about teaching your son to save because he likes to spend. I relate to him on that. What are some tips that you can give parents about that? Yeah, one of the things that I heard from someone who I respect in this space who writes a lot about teaching kids about money and financial literacy, which I'm going to try with my son, is this idea of like kind of trying to train him on the concept of compound interest and how when you save money and don't touch it for a while, it can pay you back with interest. And so to teach that to him, promise to match the amount that he saves if he keeps it in for a certain amount of time. And I don't know what that would be, but like, let's say it's like, hey, if you don't touch it for two months or three months, I don't know, you know what I mean? We'll match it. And that way he'll kind of learn the discipline of delayed gratification. And not only is saving good because it protects you in the case of emergencies and it helps you be able to buy bigger items, but it also can pay you a little bit of of money for free as well. So that's one thing that I'm gonna try. Make sure to set up a Google remi- or a Apple reminder to remind you in three months that you owe him X amount of money. <laughs> well, that's the other benefit is I'm hoping he'll forget, you know. <laughs> they never forget. Oh, they won't forget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, Karina. They never forget. When your kid comes to you, he's like, you owe me money. Like, they don't forget. <laughs> I think even discussing, you know, wants and needs with them is important. I remember the first few times. I got an allowance. I wanted to spend and blow the money all at once. But once I realized how long it took me to save up that amount and how many chores I had to do to get that and how fast it took me to spend it, I almost never wanted to spend my allowance. So that's where I kind of learned the value of saving and and money. Oh, totally. When you want something really expensive, it sounds great until you actually have the money to spend it. And then you're like, oh, wow, it isn't really worth that anymore. Yeah, I, totally I know. This, this took me a lot of chores and I'm just going to spend it all at once. Me and, uh-huh. me and producer yep. Lauren are like shaking our heads. We're like, no, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I haven't. I'll spend it. <laughs> and then I'm over here going, no, I'm going to save. I'm going to save. I'm going to save and I'm going to save and I'm going to save money. I mean, I still save the allotted portion and I I have up to my amount that I'm saving. That's good. I, I both have, but I'm still a sucker for those things. So like let's let's keep going. <laughs> um Karina, we were talking about charitable giving earlier with the with the fact that I make my kids give to charity, but eventually I hope that that turns into a what is it? You do something so many times it becomes a habit. So I'm hoping that that turns into a habit. Right. So I know a lot of parents would like to teach their kids about char- charitable giving. What recommendations do you have to kind of start instilling that into the kids? Right. Well, I'm not a parent, but I think that this is something that would work for many kids. I think finding a charity that they can connect to might be something that's helpful or something that's even relevant to them. Like, for example, a lot of kids get excited once they know their money is helping other people, especially other kids. So just kind of driving it home and making it more relatable or maybe relevant to them. And like you say, maybe those habits can become something that they just do naturally, like a natural instinct to be charitable givers, like in their journey and life and and things like that. Yeah. If I could add to that, I would say one thing that I know has kind of helped us with my son already. He hasn't had a lot of money to spend, but it's been like actually buying tangible items with the money as opposed to like, hey, at the end of the year, we're going to just donate your money to this cause. Like we're involved in a lot of uh, Christmas 
type gift, you know, charities. And he really likes that. He likes going out to the store and shopping for other kids toys. Cause it, you know, he relates, he knows oh, I would like that toy if I was a boy at six, six years old. So I'm going to get it for somebody else or doing like the operation Christmas child, the shoebox thing, or like buying food for like the local food bank. So actually taking his money and then letting him spend it in that way. And he can see how it's turning into something that's going to benefit someone else. He seems to really kind of get more satisfaction out of his giving in that regard. I think we all do. It's not just a kid thing. So in in the first episode of the Money Plus Kids series, we talked about a lot about college savings and the difficulty of that. And one piece of advice was to open that college savings up as quickly as you can. But in terms of a regular bank account, like a savings account, when should parents consider opening that with their with their kids? I think when they're getting near the tweens type time period, 11 to 13 is not a bad idea. They're probably earning a consistent allowance at that point. And then they're going to be working maybe when they get closer to 15, 16. So going, to, going ahead and having that in place at that point is probably smart. They can start depositing, earning interest on it. And as they get a little bit older, closer to 13, kind of that older end of the spectrum, they can learn about balancing a checkbook because we all do that still, right? <laughs> or at least at least they can learn how to balance a budget. We can show them how to do it online and all those kinds of things. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> hey, I still balance my checkbook and I'm 24 years old. Oh, so it Karina. Is not Karina's well, laying it out. She's like, I would mm. love to know where my checkbook is. Me but, too. Hey, Clint, me too. I lost my checkbook like two years ago. I can't find it. And I refuse to order new checks. Like I, I just, <laughs> for what? Like, I don't need it. <laughs> high five, yeah. virtual high five for you, Clint. I'm in there with you. <laughs> I used to use a check once a year. And that was whenever I'd have to like, you know, have an issue with my, like my car and my car repair guy would come out, you know, I'd pay him with the check, but then he converted to card payments this year. So I think I'm good now. <laughs> you don't need yeah. it. <laughs> Everyone takes like little square readers now. So yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Karina, being the youth ambassador for Addition Financial, what is there out there for parents at the credit union that they could take advantage of? Awesome question. So we have a lot of different things that we offer our youth. One of the most popular pieces that most parents love with the credit unions is we have this specific savings account and it's called the fund bucks and a fund savings. So whenever your child will come up to the teller line and they'll deposit whatever it may be their deposit, just kind of getting them used to what it's like to go up to a teller or maybe just go through the drive through and make that deposit. And it's really cool because a certain percentage of however much you deposit, you get like an interest on it. And then the credit union will match it and put that into their fund savings. And it's pretty cool because you're earning money by just putting money into your account and kind of teaching your kids what that looks like to do. So I think that's really cool. And we also have some pretty fun stuff. So whenever they deposit that money into their fund savings. They'll get like a little piece of artwork that they just kind of have to color. They can come into the branch and turn it in. And then they're entered in for really cool drawings to different places, theme parks, gift cards. So it's really an awesome program. And it's really just awesome because you're teaching your kids what it's, what it is to go to a teller or start depositing or find out what the difference in between a savings and a checking account is, different things like that. I still have not opened accounts for my children yet. 
I need to do that. And I keep saying I'm going to do that. And then to. I don't. I know. You know, you could do that and stop <laughs> doing the poker money. chip thing and just start like Venmoing your kids. <laughs> <laughs> they never get cash. Like they never get cash to a deposit. So it's I mean, like, I think you should just start going with the digital way and just teach them how to like view it that way. Because that's where it's going. They're not going to like, I hate cash personally. Right. It's gross. <laughs> I was a teller for a while. And after you're a teller and you handle that much cash for a long time, you don't want to see it. It's so <laughs> nasty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Clay, I'm going to send this question to you. One of the things, and we kind of already talked about it, that we think is really important for kids to understand is the connection between work and money. Like I make so much an hour and it's going to take me so many hours of work to get X. Like how do we correlate chores with then talking about working for a living and earning money? Yeah. I mean, I think we have touched on this a little bit in some of the other questions, but I think it's important as, especially as the kids get older to, to show them, Hey, listen, nobody gives me money for free as an adult. And you're going to have to learn as you're growing older that it's going to be the same for you. Because if you're not willing to work hard, you're not going to be able to get the things that you want out of life financially. And so with my son, I talk to him a lot. He'll be like, Daddy, what do you do for a living? And it's kind of hard to explain to him because all he sees me do is just be on a laptop all day writing, right? And it's like, and I explain to him, hey, you see this email? This is from my boss and he needs me to do this. And he pays me to do that. And and that's the reason why we can pay the bills. And, you know, in the same way, someday you're going to have someone that you work for. You're going to have your own business where people are paying you to do things for them. And that's how you'll be able to buy a home someday. You'll be able to buy a car. None of these things are free. Everything costs money. And so, I mean, I don't think there's a formula for like, hey, you just have this one conversation with your child and they'll get it. But I think it's a day by day through the passing conversations in the car and in the home, explaining to them that, man, it does take work to be able to build up that bank account that we all want them to have someday and to pay for their college without student loans. It's going to take work. The look on Will's face when you just said college without student loans. I think he's about to pass out. I, well, <laughs> I mean, it's the dream, but... It is the dream. <laughs> it is the dream. I, I, I worked I worked my way through college, so it is possible, but it, it's, it's getting harder because... Unfortunately, schools are outpacing inflation like crazy right now. So, hey, I was happy. I was it was lucky when I went. It was still somewhat reasonable. But today, I think it's almost it's getting out of hand without scholarships and grants. But you know what? Shoot high for the kids. And if they and if they come a little bit below that, then that's okay, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I worked through college and it was still like you know, I mean, community college the first two years helped, but then when I had when the tuition went up, I was working and it's still it it's hard. It's tough out there. All right. It well, is, that was great sure. information. Thank you both. We're going to pause for a quick ad break, and then we will be back with our rapid fire round of questions. Making It Count is sponsored by Addition Financial. When your want to needs a little know-how, turn to the money smarts experts at Addition Financial. Just like this podcast, they're committed to empowering our community to make the best financial decisions possible. Count them into your financial journey at additionfi.com. Early insured by the NCUA and an equal housing lender. Welcome back. Let's jump right into our making it count essentials. All right, Clint. So these first two questions are going to be going to you. So let's jump right in. Since today's kids are digital natives, can you talk about some apps that can help parents teach young kids about money? 
Yeah, there's so many of so many great ones out there that I can recommend. One would be Saving Spree. That's great for young kids, teaches them the value of saving. iAllowance is one that helps kids track their allowance money. Another one called Bankaroo is for a little bit older kids, teaches them how banking works. There's one that I really like called Goal Setter, and it's basically like the digital version of the jars that we talked about earlier. So like you give them, they get like a digital savings giving charity uh, char and investing. You could even do that if you wanted to. There's another one called FamZoo, which I've had a lot of good experiences with. A lot of people say they love it because it teaches kids. They have these prepaid debit cards basically. And as they do chores, they're given their allowance that way. And these virtual accounts can even track their chores and track their earnings. So as a little, as they get a little bit older and they have their own phones, that's a pretty good one. So yeah, those are some ones that I would recommend. And there's many more out there that you can just you know read reviews on the app stores for sure. All right, second question. What was the first thing you bought with your own money? Yeah, you know, I saw that you guys were going to be asking me this. And I was like, what was the first thing I bought with my own money? I was thinking back, you know, when I started working, I started working at like 15. I probably, you know, had money from allowances and things before that. I cannot remember what I would have bought when I was like six years old or whatever. But like the first thing I probably bought after getting a job was honestly probably a chalupa from Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great... No, that is a really good choice actually uh, i still this day love a chalupa that's a I good mean, i think that's I like probably that. what it was i don't know for sure i know i remember i can remember one of the first things i bought was ankle weights uh because i really wanted i wanted to jump better <laughs> and i knew my parents would never buy that for me <laughs> so um, uh, so I did buy those. I can remember when I was fairly young. And then I can remember the first like actual major purchase I bought was a laptop. So there you go. Gotcha. Lupa. I bet you got your money's worth of that chalupa too. You didn't regret that at all. I mean, today would be a crunch wrap supreme for me. I don't know. What's your what's your Taco uh, Bell go to? Um, the steak quesadilla. I love it. Whoa, she dabbles in so the steak. Good. <laughs> dabbles Whoa. in the steak. Karina, do you have a Taco Bell menu? Absolutely. Nothing beats the classic soft taco. But when I'm feeling uh, crazy, okay, we have I an go old for school. the Mexican okay. pizza. Okay, Clint, is your See, is the chalupa still your go-to? They the Mexican pizza. Did you guys they, hear that? Oh, they yes, are. the Mexican pizza. It's pretty sad news. Have you guys <laughs> tried the nacho fries, and what are your feelings? <laughs> I, I have not them. tried the nacho fries, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they're so good. Oh, I'm, so I'm with Karina, though, a good, but I do the soft taco supreme. I take it up and okay. notch. Okay. She dabbles in the steak and the tomatoes at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't died yet. <laughs> they say it's the healthiest fast food and I don't know how that's what? possible because there's no like there's no like bread and yeah my wife would strongly uh, disagree but that's <laughs> 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 all right let's get back on what we were supposed to be talking about so Karina these two questions are for, although I think we can talk about I think we have the right four people to talk about Taco Bell for another 30 minutes I'm not sure. having like a Baja blast <laughs> Oh, Baja Blast, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, get the $5 box. Yeah, oh my God. Okay. Yeah, the other day we went to Taco Bell and my husband spent like $30 at Taco Bell. I'm like, what the heck did you buy at Taco Bell for Listen, 
Listen, it's incredible what you can get for 85 cents. They will throw something into your car window that you have (laughs) never dreamed of. Like, it's incredible. It is insane. And I have to say, I love the cinnamon twist as well. I I could just go on and on. Do you guys remember the caramel apple empanadas? Oh, no. No, never had that. Those were amazing. Those were really good. I'm sure. All right. (laughs) But I mean, Taco Bell is a good budgeting place if you have uh, only five dollars. So Karina, (laughs) Karina, these questions are for you. When should parents teach kids about budgeting? I think that somewhere around 10 to 11, that middle school age where, like Clint was saying earlier, they kind of understand numbers. They understand what you're talking about when you're when you're talking to them about a budget. I think that's old enough for them to understand the basics of budgeting. And then the spend, save, give, split we talked about is a good jumping off point for them to begin understanding what a budget is and what it looks like realistically in their life. So, Karina, here's the fun question. What is the hardest lesson you've learned about money when you were a kid? (laughs) I think we can all relate to this, that money doesn't grow on trees. I just swore that my parents had like an unlimited fund that I could tap into all the time. But I quickly had to learn that that wasn't the case. And, you know, they had to work really hard for every penny that they had. So I think that was my hardest lesson. Like, it's not just a never ending fountain of money. And you actually have to watch what you spend, save your money. And even though it feels good to spend money and go to the store and get your favorite toy, it always is just so much better and wiser to save it. Karina, I got to ask, what was the first thing you ever bought with your own money? I was thinking about this question, as Clint said, too, whenever I read the questions and I was like, what was the first thing? And I'm pretty sure the first thing I can remember was like a little cash register. I was so obsessed with like counting money and like fake being a cash register lady. I was obsessed with it. So whenever I got hired on with the credit union as a teller at 19, it was a full circle moment for me. And I just know that like six, seven year old Karina would have been so proud of me. (laughs) <laughs> Were you totally the banker when you played Monopoly? Absolutely. And I still am. <laughs> I still am. Everyone knows when we play Monopoly at home, you give me the money, I'm the banker. But don't play with Clinton <laughs> Will because they're going to hide money under the couch. <laughs> In their boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> my first thing I bought with my own money was the first NKOTB cassette tape and for those of you that are way younger than me which is all of you in this room right now that's new kids (laughs) on the block and it was a tape and it was amazing and the second thing i bought was ace of bass because it's just amazing they had cassette tapes when you were oh my god (laughs) will i'm kidding i had cassette tapes when i was growing up too see that makes me feel better (laughs) and then i got and then i got my sony walkman cd player and it was i was the cool kid then (laughs) Oh, man, that CD player, I thought it was so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. And then we had MP3 players that could have, like, 80 songs on them that we thought we were really cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I remember, like, I remember you. I put my little CDs into the computer, and then I had to upload it to iTunes, and I had to get it onto my iPod, and, like, that whole process took, like, hours. Mm-hmm. And I still was like, this is the coolest thing in the entire world. <laughs> I can listen to the same songs over and over and over again. <laughs> All right. It was mind blowing. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you both for being here. Before we leave, Clint, can you tell everyone where they can find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my site is WalletWiseGuy.com. I have a podcast by the same title, WalletWiseGuy. You can find me in either one of those places. You can also Google my name. My name is Clint Proctor to find like any recent articles I've written for some of the sites that I write for, including like Business Insider. So yeah, definitely you can check out my site and some of the content that I'm writing. I'll write a lot of content that would hopefully be a help for people as their kids are getting closer to college, college planning, because as we talked about earlier, student loans at they're now coming right up on the heels of mortgages as being the biggest debt that every person has in their life, which is insane. So by the time you finish like, you know, your first four years of your of adulthood, you already have a loan as big as most people's mortgages. It's such a such a hard thing to overcome for young people. So it's a real burden of mine to try to help with college planning and student debt repayment. So yeah, check out my site for sure. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us, Clint. And Karina, thank you so much for joining us, Youth Ambassador from Edition Financial. Can you tell our listeners how they can actually have you or one of your coworkers come out and teach about financial education to kids? Absolutely. So a big part of my job with Edition Financial is financial literacy and education. And I just think it's so important to talk to our kids about financial literacy and what it looks like to understand money, what is money, banking basics, like just different topics that we offer. And we are more than happy to come out to your classroom, either, you know, virtually through Zoom or even in person whenever that starts to happen, hopefully soon. (laughs) But you can find me at krodriguez-penalver at additionify.com. And now don't worry, you don't have to memorize that. I'm sure they'll put that somewhere in a description. And we'll be super happy, anyone on my team or myself, to come out and talk to your kids. And we can range from elementary all the way to college level and adults. So it's super awesome. And I encourage everyone to take advantage of us being able to come out and and educate your, your listeners. Producer Lauren will definitely put your email out there in the show notes. And I can attest... Karina went to my kids' first and third grade classes, and they loved it. They learned all about money, and she has a book about money and a big $100 bill. and tells them how to like deposit money and what withdrawal means, and they loved it, and the teachers loved it because they got to sit back and just watch their kids learn about all the different coins and, and everything. So thanks for doing that, and I highly five stars, highly recommend Make sure to check that out. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for for having us. us. Thank you. Definitely. All right, Christina, it's time for our favorite segment. What What did did we we learn today? today? Well, my biggest takeaway was actually something, Will, you and Clint kind of said simultaneously. I never thought about the fact that like my kids, if I'm not using cash, certainly my kids probably won't be using cash. So instead of... Instead of trying to like remember to take out money or use the poker chips, why don't I just download one of these apps that Clint was talking about, like Goal Setter or FanZoo, and and do that digitally and have them get paid digitally and move the money in their little buckets digitally? Because that's really, they are digital natives. And I think that's the best way to do it. I'm going to definitely investigate that. I like that. I think for me, it was that we all share a kindred spirit of Taco Bell. <laughs> Um, State quesadilla for life. That was a really, that was a big moment. I always get worried because you never know. There's always that like judgy person in the room who's like, eh, Taco Bell. Like, no, go away. Well, we don't know about producer Lauren. She could be that judgy person. She's never been to Taco Bell. Right, oh my we have to gosh. Fire producer yeah. Lauren now. We need a new producer. 
<laughs> no, but on a very serious note, I think what I learned is that it's very difficult to effectively teach children about money. It's tough. Like I had never considered the whole card, using a card in front of them. Like I remember my parents using a card and and now that I'm looking back, I'm like, yeah, I never really associated with money at first. And it took a little while to get to that point of realizing like there is money on the other end, whether it's coming out of a bank account or it's a credit card. So it's all about having the conversation I learned today, like just verbalizing and talking them through what you're doing. I think that really is helpful. So I need to do that. I just assume that they know what it is, but you can't assume that they understand that the credit card I pay off every month. Like they don't know that. They don't see that part. So a lot of learning this in this episode for sure. And at the end of each episode, we'd like to provide our listeners with a resource or tool that they can use to make account in their lives. Will, can you tell our listeners what we're sharing with them this week? Absolutely. Addition Financial offers the Origin Savings Account for kids aged 0 to 12. I like that we is age zero. <laughs> There's no minimum balance requirement and no monthly service charges, so it's a great way for kids to save. They also have the Fun Bucks program, which Karina was talking about earlier, which gives the kids an opportunity to earn even extra money while allowing their savings to grow. So definitely, Lauren will connect that into the show notes. And that's it for our show today. We'll see you next time on another episode of Making Making It It Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. If you learned something new, were inspired to reach your financial goals, or just found us entertaining, please subscribe, share, or rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. And don't worry, we'll be back soon with another new episode of Making Making It Count. Count.